podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence and is not recommended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Seriously. If you like our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show for show updates. And please rate and review our show on iTunes. If you've been in a cult and you want to tell us about it, email us at cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require monetary or physical sacrifices as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organization in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us again, we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Uh, and it is my week. Paige's week! So, first of all, big shout-outs to Al Clark, who shared this in the Facebook group. Uh, Al Clark in the motherfucking house! Yeah, thanks to everyone who shares stuff or sends us stuff all the time. Uh, this one popped up in the Facebook group and just immediately piqued my interest, and then I fell down the crazy rabbit hole that is this cult. That's what we do here. That is what we do here. So today, we are talking about the Nuwabian movement. Ooh. Ooh. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's I hadn't either until I saw that that poster that or that post in the Facebook group. So our sources for today are The Root, Hotep Explained, Vice, Southern Poverty Law Center, Washington Times, People Magazine Investigates, Cults, The Oxford American, USA Today, and the original blog post that was posted in the group, uh, Messy Nessie Messy Nessie Chic. Uh, that includes a photo series of one of their Brooklyn outposts. So uh, this all starts with the leader of this cult, uh, Dwight D. York. He's got multiple names. I could spend an entire episode just covering his names. Like, and I'll cover four or five of them, but there's... Wait. Is this like a it's, Puff Daddy situation? Yes, it's okay. exactly like that. His name is Dwight Dork? Dwight, Dwight D. York. Um, also, not to be confused with, there are okay. multiple Dwight Yorks. Uh, one of them is like a professional athlete or something like that. It's not that one. Uh, Dwight D. York, also known as Dr. Malachi D. York. What? Yeah. Uh, also known style. as Dr. York. Also known as a million and a half Islamic names that I cannot pronounce and do not want to do not justice to also so the wait, am chief I, of am the, I, I'm sorry am I reading this right it says here uh, Dwight D. York and the D is for phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> he also at one point claimed to be a um, a chief like a like oh, no. a Native American chief oh no there's so many things this is if I could characterize this cult this cult is what happens when people just keep believing a pathological liar? Because this dude changes his story 
a million different ways. And there are still people to this day that are like, no, he didn't say that. He didn't mean that. He meant it like this. And you're just like, that that doesn't make sense either. We'll get to it. One of the most upsetting things about cult leaders is that how often they lie. And in modern times, it's so easy to disprove it. Like when we covered Nexium, and that guy said that he was the 1982 recipient of the Guinness Book of World Records record for the highest IQ. But you can fucking Google it. I know. And it was on his website for so long. This is also one of the first cults where I cannot tell you the tenets. I do not know. I have been spending... I've spent the last week reading this shit. I don't know what they believe. Aside from Kill Whitey. That's like the only thing I for sure know. Oh, so this is like uh, repentance for last week's episode. Kind of. Uh, this is very similar to <laughs> Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Oh. Um, but it, it was one of those things where I kept like, if you looked in four different places and asked them what they believe, you would get four different answers. And none of them would be completely correct. Hmm. If you asked him directly what he believes, you'd get a two and a half hour long rambling sermon that makes no good goddamn sense. I also I had one of his sermons. You mean last week's episode? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of his sermons on the internet if you want to watch them. It was the weirdest thing in the world because I was going to play it on the episode and chose not to because I watched the whole thing and did not know what he said. And I will clarify for you, he was A, speaking English, B, does not have a speech impediment, C, doesn't have a crazy accent or anything. He just did not make sense to the point where I didn't understand the words coming out of his mouth. And I'll explain why that was later, because I actually later on in my research found out why I couldn't understand him. Okay. There's an actual reason why. So... Uh, Dwight D. York was born in Massachusetts in 1945. So most accurate sources, uh, or at least verifiable sources, basically say that he was a normal kid who grew up in Boston, the Boston area. Um, so not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every day I wake up Boston. and I get on the fucking bus, all right? And then I go to fucking school. So what he says of his childhood, and again... Uh, take all of this with a ton of grains of salt, because I believe about none of it. Ooh, um, that's bad for my heart. Yeah. Well, he also, at one point, claimed to have been born in the Sudan or claimed Ooh. to have been born into the Native American nation. None of those are verified. The only one that we have, like, an actual verifiable document for is that he was born in Massachusetts in 1945. So, um, but according to him, he says that he was raised in Massachusetts and at the age of seven traveled to Aswan, Egypt to learn about Islam. (laughs) Uh, He says his grandfather, As Saeed Abdur Rahman Al-Mahdi, is a lot, the imam of the Ansars in the Sudan until 1959 AD, upon looking into my eyes, foretold that I was the one who would possess, quote unquote, the light. He says that he returned to the United States at, in 1957 at the age of 12 and continued to study Islam. Um, so maybe. he moved to Astown where he met his ass granddaddy? Aswan is actually, or Aswan is a, Aswan is actually a famous city in Egypt. There's a dam oh. there. There's a very famous dam there. No, I, I feel bad. I just the thought Aswan it was, High Dam. I just thought it was the world's thickest origin story. I mean, that dam is pretty thick. E. Damn. 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 Uh, as Three far seeds. as 
So what we can prove is that he was involved with some early black Islamic organizations. We've covered some of these before. Um, and this was a big thing in New York. Um, we talk a lot about why sometimes a place and a time is perfect for a cult. And this is 100% the case. Because we could look into many of these black Islamic groups in this time and find a lot of the same shit. Um, but this is from like 1960 to 1970. You've got the civil rights movement. Mm. You've got a lot of chaos. You've got Vietnam. And in this time, it was helpful for a lot of black people to hear a doctrine that painted them as being descended from greatness and capable of greatness again. If that makes sense. Right, yeah. because slavery stole their potential yes. and their their heroes. They didn't ha- they didn't have any heroes. They didn't have anyone that and, was And we covered like on our um, Yahweh Ben Yahweh episode, there are portions of this doctrine that are not necessarily wrong. Um, the African Hebrew doctrine basically pulls from the idea that Solomon had offspring with the Queen of Sheba that would have been black and therefore would have been black Israelites and descended from the holy line of Israelite kings. Um, And again, we can't prove that wrong. Many historians would say that probably did happen. But correct me if I'm wrong, you were saying that this takes place in New York? Yeah, but I mean, we dragged people from Africa. No, I just meant that (laughs) like like this cult, like you're saying that... Yeah, this cult is in New York. In New York. For, it starts... In in New York! Cogging jungles where dreams are made! That's okay. going to be so hilarious in like 20 minutes. I'll get to it. Yeah, I'm down for Brooklyn. That's Jay-Z. We'll get to it. This, was a, it oh, this like. was a cult in Brooklyn. What? Yes. What? You got way ahead of me in my notes. Oh, Hold up. I'm sorry. Cut that out. It is in Brooklyn. I got the lyrics pulled up just to make sure I had the right I'm line I'm sure right. you did. Um, so uh, this was perfect time and place for this kind of a cult. And, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, so as far as what we can actually verify about Dwight D. York, um, he was born in 1945 and we don't hear much from him again until he was about 19 in 1964. He was convicted and incarcerated of assault with a deadly weapon as well as, um, statutory rape with a 13 year old girl. Oh, what? That's going to come up later. Yikes. Oh God. Yeah. Um, he was incarcerated for three years. So it's actually interesting to note. So he was incarcerated from 1964 to 1967. So he was incarcerated while Malcolm X was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he was released just before Dr. King was assassinated. So he's in the thick of it and has spent time. I know I shouldn't make a thick <laughs> joke. Don't, I don't know it's coming. not the time. Don't do it. But it was just fucking, it's on a platter. Hand it's, it to me. Uh, all of these ass jokes this episode have been perfect setups and then I'm not allowed to make fun of them. Anyway, he does get very involved with a number of African Hebrew organizations and African Islamic organizations. He doesn't necessarily differentiate between between the two and his doctrine later on encompasses all of it. At various times, he'll preach on what he would consider black Judaism, black Islam, black Christianity, and then even later, a black UFO religion. What? It's nuts. The dude can't stick with one thing for a long time, for sure. 
So, um, <clears throat> as you would work with all of these black Islamic organizations, the Nation of Islam, the uh, 5% Society, he would often be a part of them and then go off and preach his own doctrine. Like, he'd go and pass out their pamphlets and be like, but really, I'm the chosen one. And so... That's like that's like the equivalent of, like, uh, have you ever had those dudes that have been passing out mixtapes in Hollywood? Yes. And you're, I mean, this isn't even, like, a setup for joke. I've literally had this happen where I've been, like, they've handed me a mixtape, and I go, is this you? And they go, nah, but if you want to hear my stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's literally the same <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, that's the same thing. And so he would often get like asked to leave these organizations <laughs> because of this. Like That's he really would be funny. part of something and they would just be like, we've got to get rid of that guy. He's such an asshole. But he had started to kind of garner a following for his, for, of his own. You know how bad you have to be to be kicked out of like just a uh, flyer handing society? Yeah. This dude was kind of not like kicked out of, but kind of disowned, lightly disowned by the Black Panthers, where they're just like, brother, <laughs> you might be a little too militant. <laughs> like, they what? <laughs> yeah, for they real. Don't, they don't, in my knowledge, which can be wrong, they don't normally lightly bar somebody from being a part of it. It's usually aggressive. It, it was more like, have you ever had one of those things where like, you hang out in a group of friends, and then there's one friend that you're just like... They take everything too far, and they need yeah. to relax. And oh, so yeah. then the next time you hang out with those friends, you're just like, don't invite Tom. It's going to get weird. So as the 70s kind of came in, and he was kind of building his own group, um, he, uh, he had started his own group, the Ansaru Allah Community. Um, he claimed that... After a trip to Africa, and specifically the Sudan and Egypt in particular, he had met and persuaded members of Mohammed Ahmed Al-Mahdi's family to finance a Muslim cell in America. I don't know if he actually met with them. That Did he mean a Muslim cell phone store? No. I've seen those. <laughs> this is pre-cell phones. This, uh, but this is essentially... A, I'm sorry, wait, what? A portion of Sudan's Ansar movement. This was B.C.? Yeah, before, before cell <laughs> The before times? Um, so at this Pages point, only. in like the 70s, he's claiming to be full-blooded Sudanese Muslim and starting <clears throat> a black Muslim collective. Okay. He Dumb idea. Well, not necessarily. No, I mean, no, no, but to lie about... Like, this is when I was a kid and I would just be like, no, 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 I'm full white. <laughs> And then the well, largest I mean, brown person. From the Sudan? He <laughs> could Armando be from the Sudan. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he's not because there's his birth records. But, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> um, he would also instruct them to wear black and green dashikis. Um, that kind of carries through the whole... Black, he loves black, black, green, and red. Slytherin. Yeah. A uh, hint of Gryffindor. Just a little bit. Um... So, well, that's the traditional, um, like, the African Union flag or something, right? Red, I don't think that's the red, name of it. Red, green, and yellow no, is no, no, more... No, no. Red, green, and black is, like... Is that Kenya's flag? No, no, no. It's, like, the, the adjoined, like, union of... Hold on. He also would pair it with an Ankh that included the Star of David and a cross and um, Egyptian... Oh, the uh, crescent of Islam. Like, 
He much so like he's the Simum, coexist necklace. He's the coexist <laughs> necklace. Um, much like Simum, he sought to kind of marry all of those things into one pseudo Egyptian thing. Although at this point, it was more Islam, not directly Egyptian. Okay. Mm. So right around this time, in kind of the late seventies, he started a rather successful music career. Oh, boy. I've got some videos for you now. Yes. So, here's his first one from his first album. <clears throat> what kind of music? Um, the Do- first album was very kind of R. Kelly slow jam style. Yes! Yes! But this is like late <laughs> 70s slow jams. So this is like those scenes in black exploitation films where people are getting down. This is the shit that plays. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Um, and then I've got a second video. The second video, he started working with um, kind of more, not quite hip hop, but more kind of pop, uh, but all about like community organization and like social consciousness, if that makes sense. You'll kind of understand when you hear it. Okay. So here is... Pan-African flag. Pan-African flag. Yeah. Yeah. When was uh, that flag established? I do not. I I do not know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The photo above it. Yeah, that's that's the reason that I knew it. It's Mm. because in Black Panther, in the casino scene, they are color representing the pan-african oh. flag i never realized that before there's a really good subreddit called movie details and uh andrea's we've seen a couple movies together and she'll attest that i that's my my thing my brain is I do just know like music videos now. Yeah, yeah yeah he knows all of the secrets that in like spoken hidden meanings and I'm like oh it's so cool yeah. uh but like there's, so there's a subreddit called movie details it's really interesting and there's just stuff like that so i didn't know that because i'm politically active i knew that because You're i was a movie like nerd. oh i like black Panther. it's a good movie yep all right so this is a live performance that they did on british television okay british television dr york on me he also he went by dr york during this time oh, and course. had a female backing band He's handsome. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. He, he he can get it. I mean... Especially with the song? He can get it to his own music. Oh, dog. My favorite yes. Whoa, friend zoning bitches out here. Yeah. I am a fan of this. I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I can't wait course. for you to remix this. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what he kind of moved into in the early 80s. Uh-huh. He's got... Oh, so he's he expands with... Okay, so this is a long career. This is a very long career. He's still alive. Okay. I've what? I've heard... Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if he's excelling at anything, he's really excelling at adopting whatever people are, whatever is popular, and spitting back a version to people that's attractive. Yeah, yeah, he sounded, the last song that you showed me sounded like an Al Green generic yeah. ripoff, and mm-hmm. this sounds like he's really trying to be Prince. Um, there is actually a, a girl with a guitar and a lady drummer, very much like the Revolution. Like, for sure, the first time I saw the video, I was like, he ripping off Prince, like hardcore, yeah. but he also is wearing hammer pants. Right, he's just ripping from everyone. He just rips everybody off. This is is something that I've explained before. Which he does religiously too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Because like his symbol, he's got like the onk, the crescent, the Christian cross. He's ripping everybody off. But also it's Islamic. But also meditation, and also this, and also that. He's kind of a jack of all trades. It really sounds like when someone pitches a screenplay that they haven't figured out yet. It's like no, it's like a little bit of Tarantino, but kind of like you know what I. I mean like oh yeah that just means i haven't written it yet. exactly yeah, 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 so yeah. that's what he's doing is he's like ad-libbing yeah, a religion it's <laughs> like x meets x always just means all right well i don't have to work with you <laughs> um yeah this is a problem that i've had with a lot of musicians and it's been here's the thing we all shit on music now because like oh music now sucks there's so many people that aren't like talented and there's so few people it's always been that way there's always been like a couple people that are great and that's what you remember you remember bullshit like this because it's fine it's good musically it sounds good but there's nothing behind it that's like the thing is with like al green um or Pretty much any of that music that we remember now, is the, especially like the real good soul music, like especially some of that fucking Charles Bradley, dude. You listen to it and it's like, oh, you can feel what they're feeling. But this is just like, yeah, it sounds good, but there's nothing behind it. So around this time, the group behind it uh, <laughs> was called... Around this time, his group behind and funding his music uh, is the Ansaru Allah community in the West. And I don't have anything. It just sounded ominous. And in the late 80s, early 90s, the FBI uh, described this group as a front for a wide range of criminal activity, including arson, welfare, fraud, and extortion. And dropping those panties. (laughs) So, oh, is this sexy gunshot noise? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the FBI actually so wrote <laughs> about this group that the women of the Ansaru Allah community focus mainly on memorizing history as their imam sees it. They learn Arabic. Many of them are quite fluent. They incorporate Sudanese etiquette into their mannerisms and they memorize the Quran. They participate in the compilation of the various texts produced by the community and also work in the recording studio owned by the community. Other than this work, the women's main source of income comes from the U.S. government public assistant and monies earned by the men in various enterprises such as food shops, jewelry, merchandise stores, and street vending. So right around this time, they started to get actually pretty big in Brooklyn, and because they had their own recording studio, they stayed pretty active in the local music scene. So what we know about Brooklyn in the early 90s, late 80s... And then I bring it back to the... Birth of hip-hop. Yeah. So while Dr. York didn't really necessarily front any hip-hop groups, he wasn't a huge fan of hip-hop, some of his followers did. Um, one in particular was named Jax O. Are you familiar? Yeah, briefly, like a little bit. Great. So you may have already seen, but probably not, 
this video that he made with one of his friends repping his newfound religious invest like investment in Dr. York. And this is the one I've been super excited to show you. What? So that's Jaxo. That's Jay Z. This is I hate He's to be. He's a baby boy. I hate to be the burden of bad news, but I already knew about this. I bet you did. Yeah. You know what's real fun is that this time he was like a real into selling crack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For 14 years, he was a crack cocaine dealer. The really interesting thing, there's actually some interviews where Jay-Z talks about this period. You know what's funny? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and talks about essentially having to, in his words, in his words, rescue Jaxo from this movement that they they said the movement had set him up with a wife and they were basically living on the commune out in Georgia which is where the group moves after their time in Brooklyn and that he had to kind of in a way rehabilitate him but he was never quite the same after this is not actually that bad of a music video or oh, song. Oh no, it's hella good. I really I've like to this it. this like four or five times. But I also want to know why young Jay-Z has Chris Chasen vibes. Oh, for real. Like, he has, like, that same kind of, like, energy, like, just very slouchy, like, young. He's always been that way. This is back when he used to rap fast. He doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's got a really, like, uh, this was, like, the style back in the day. Mm-hmm. But then he eventually adopted his, like, real laid back, like, I don't need to do shit on your time. I'm fucking Jay-Z. Yeah. What's really interesting is as the video gets towards the end, you see a lot more of Dr. York's influence on it, where the backing track actually becomes Islamic chanting and greetings. Yeah, what's really interesting is that this is uh, the the best that Jay-Z's hairline's ever been, and it's For still real. terrible. For real. Jay-Z, come at me, bro. She cheated on Beyonce. How? He's so kind of handsome here. And listen to it. And that's Dr. York, the picture they're holding up. Weird. And you can kind of see in this video, Jaxo is decked out head to toe. Yeah, and Jay-Z is clearly not comfortable with it. Yeah, Jay-Z is clearly not decked out head to toe. Jaxo... Head to fucking toe. With shots of Dr. York and pictures of Dr. York all through it. Super fun though, right? That's crazy. I actually like it a lot. The thing is, uh, Jay-Z doesn't really do things for... Jay-Z doesn't really do things for other people. Like, everyone brings this up. That Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce and how could he do that? But in Jay-Z's mind, he made Beyonce. Like, she was part of Destiny's Child, but then Jay-Z was like, "Uh 
this one and then took her and like built her career and made it what it is jay-z made rihanna he put on kanye no one would let kanye be a rapper which maybe was kind of a good idea but (laughs) nobody would let kanye do that and jay-z was like no (laughs) he crazy for this one yay and then let him do it and so like he's built so many people's careers that like when you question Jay-Z and his business ideas, he's always been very good at business. Also, fun fact, that dude stabbed a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jay-Z did? Yeah. You, I've talked about it. I forget. And it's just the thing. It's like everyone forgets because it's like, it's so crazy how like everyone's like, oh, hip hop's not real. Jay-Z stabbed a guy in a nightclub and he was like, it didn't have to be this way. And then stabbed him and then walked away. And now his wife does fucking Pepsi commercials. <laughs> so what the fuck? How, it's just. How long ago was that? Not as long as you think. Probably a little after this video. That's crazy. Like two hours after this video. (laughs) (laughs) You stabbed Dr. York. And uh, no, he didn't. Well, despite their rising profile among the kind of hip hop set and, you know, kind of young, influential African-Americans who enjoy the idea of kind of a new black renaissance, which, of course, who doesn't? You know, it sounds great on paper, essentially. When was this? This is now 1993. So this song came out in 93. Um, the song may have come out slightly after. Okay. But right around that time. Um, and so in 1993, the FBI had already started investigating them in Brooklyn, mainly for racketeering, which, as we've covered on the show, is actually really, really hard. Rico! Really hard to get convicted of because you have to show that you have ill-gotten gains. Basically, you have money that you've obtained illegally and that you were then spending on illegal things. It's kind of a weird two-part craziness. So they were investigating them for that because they believed that they were committing welfare fraud and then using those funds to pay for militant activities that may have not been on the up and up, but they couldn't prove it yet. What so, militant activities by private citizens are on the open up? I mean, not much. Okay. Um, so at this point, Dr. York began preaching about a promised land in Putnam County, Georgia. Okay, specific. Well, Putnam County is actually... Well, that's where we're putting them. Hey. <laughs> Whoa. It actually does Jay-Z have some... stabbed the guy. <laughs> okay. Some African-American significance in that... Uh, that's the setting of the color purple. Um, okay. It's there's a lot of um, history there. The county was about thirty percent African American, which is at the time a larger amount than most cities in Georgia, depending on where in Georgia that you went. So they showed up, um, or rather, they they started to kind of send emissaries to Georgia to scope out land. And as it was happening, um, Dr. York was the subject of an expose called the Ansar cult. Um, So the FBI, this expose um, showed up. They potentially were guilty of a 1979 murder of like an opposing community leader, but no one had been able to prove it. Um, But he had last spoken out against York and the cult. And a videotape made a couple years later um, kind of captured him saying some things that maybe didn't jive with the rest of his beliefs. Um, 
Damn. They're going to kick him out of Papa John's, too. There you go. Uh, but one of the things that it did capture him saying was, I'm talking about a real nation, our own nation, with our own passports, with our own tax system, where no one tells us what to do but us. In oh, the middle this- of Georgia? Yes. Is okay. this like the universal passport? Is that what no. they're talking about? No. He wants to become a sovereign nation. Oh, he wants to fuck. be like in the, the Vatican. Yes. So, I mean, that's sort of where the uh, universal passport is something that a couple of people, especially like uh, black power activists, believe in, where it's like, I don't need your fancy schmancy real passport to go to countries because I'm a citizen of Earth. And that means that I have access. But here's the thing. It's not how the world works. That's some Captain Planet shit. Yeah. yeah so yeah. some people claim that they're using it. Most famously, um, oh, what's his name now? You seem something. I forget what his now name is, but you guys know him as Most Deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, most... Oh, shut uh, up. He's, oh, fuck. What's his new name? Oh, I'm gonna Less Deaf? No, 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 no. It's. Uh, Boo. Boo. <laughs> I like, I had a little bit of a crush on him for a minute. I like Most him. deaf? Yeah, and he's cute. I can see why. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really, um, he's in Dexter. Yassine, uh, uh, Yassine Bey. Yes. Oh, you wanted to make him your Yassine Bey. Oh. You know what's up. <laughs> yeah, but he got, like, he was held in, I think, South Africa? But yeah. maybe somewhere else for, like, a long time because he was just like, oh, I have a universal passport. And they were like, that's not a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that is one of the hallmarks of a different type of sovereign citizen, which is all governments suck. We've been oppressed for so long. It's time to create our own new revolution. Right. So they don't all have to be white power. Sometimes they can be other. Well, in this case, they started moving over to Georgia in Putnam County, and they showed up at first in cowboy hats and cowboy boots to try and blend in. How did they get there? Did um, take the midnight train? Oh, God! <laughs> Probably. Realistically. Oh. That was good. He's that. leaving. Um, yeah. So they showed up in Georgia. At this point, their story becomes very, 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 very similar to the Rajneeshis. Okay. Where they show up in a small community that's not ready for them. They buy a lot of land, and all of a sudden they start to try and build their own sovereign nation just in the middle of this county. I feel like it was, because with the Rajneeshi, it was like, wow, who are all these, hey, who are all these new folk? Why are they all wearing the same, hey, what are they doing? They're buying up all this land. But in this case, they showed up, and they were like, black. Well, that isn't even the thing. Really? Yeah, like I said. Oh, because there was a higher black population. Yeah, Putnam County Mm. is at least 30% black. They had a pretty big NAACP um, outpost at the time. So they really had to be making waves for that to be... Oh, I'll get to it. Okay. So they show up. Nobody really thinks anything of it initially, uh, but they show up kind of dressed like cowboys, and a lot of people at the time were just kind of like, well, that's weird, but then like just didn't really think about anything of that um after you show up to a costume party overdressed that's what it feels like oh well um they purchased a plot of land for 467 acres and it costs about just under a million dollars now this is 20 years ago inflation let's call it probably 1 million 1.3 million in today's dollars it was about 9,000 at the time um And at first, they just started kind of building some basic outpost buildings, nothing really crazy. And then... 
But if video games have taught me anything, outposts are the first thing you got to take down. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Dr. York, after being investigated or hearing the rumblings of an FBI investigation in New York, he fled along with basically all of the other members of the cult willing to join them in Georgia. Now, they had lost a fair amount of members, and we would find out later that part of the things that they're later arrested for were already happening in New York. Um, but the when you say lost, you mean like they just quit, right? Yeah, people okay. were like, oh, shit's fucked, and then they just left. Okay, I genuinely didn't know if you meant like people were going missing. Well, that happens too. <clears throat> okay. Um, so roughly somewhere between one to 500 people join him in Georgia, where they proceed to build two pyramids, a full-blown life-size sphinx with... Dr. York's face on it, multiple temples, a whole neighborhood of double wides for all of the members to live in. <laughs> Nothing compliments a and sphinx a ga- better than a fucking double wide. <laughs> and a gated community with armed guards. Still a trailer park. Still a trailer park. Yikes. Um, and that's when the community started to notice where they're like, hey, you guys see these fucking pyramids come out of nowhere? Like... That's a little weird. And now, remember when we talked about Summum and it's a pyramid that's basically in a dude's backyard? Yeah. Yeah. This is a full fucking size pyramid. And a sphinx. What? I feel like we're ignoring the sphinx. Giant sphinx. This is a pyramid kind of like the Luxor in Las Vegas. Like, this is a pyramid. Hey, uh, What's it made out of? Hey, Kyle, can I ask you something? You see that big old mm. cat statue? Let me ask you, does that... Does the face of this cat look like that fella from the Jay-Z music video? <laughs> Tell you, uh, I love that Jigga. He is my favorite. Many of the like actual photos and things that we have of this community are aerials from the FBI raid. And from the sky, you really get a sense of how fucking big these pyramids and shit were. To the point where it's a full-blown Egyptian, Egyptian city just in the middle of Georgia. So at that point, it's around 1996... People started to notice, uh, and a new sheriff got elected, Sheriff Sills. So Sheriff Sills, once he got into office, was just like, hey, uh, we've got to investigate those pyramids. Like, we need to do housing inspections, building codes, things like that. And they hadn't been able to get inspectors in for years because the armed guards were preventing people from coming in. Yeah. So he arranged an inspection, uh-huh. and as a result, the cult put a hit out on him. What the fuck? On the sheriff? Yes. Now, as what far as I fuck? can tell, it never, no one ever actually completed the hit. Okay. There were no direct, like, actual actionable threats. We just found out later that there was a contract on him. Okay. Basically. It's, it's also weird that the only, like requirement that they had was they were very specific it was like please shoot the sheriff but don't shoot, shoot the, the deputy ah uh, boo and it was around this time that the sheriff started to work with the local NAACP branch okay and basically be like what is up with these other Egyptian black people it, almost in that way where white people ask black people to explain other black people it's really tasteless and lame but that's basically what happens here where he's just like what's going on 
And the NAACP is like, we know, man. Because apparently what had happened is that they had moved in, they built their pyramids, and then they had infiltrated the NAACP and tried to stage a coup and vote their own members in. What? Why? Positions. Because that way you have more stake in the government. Same way with the Rezhnishis trying to get elected into Mm -hmm. the board. Yeah. Well, and they were essentially trying to assimilate all of the local African-American community. Yeah. And a lot of those people were just like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> like no yeah i wouldn't this is crazy Some crazy egyptian bullshit what is right. this madness well, the thing so, that sucks is if you pass it on a highway it just looks like the world's funnest water park yeah <laughs> well and then you're like we misleading. live in georgia this place is already really humid we don't need a water park <laughs> so essentially what they started doing was they made it part of their doctrine to target not only white people not not only to say that white people are the devil but also to refer to anyone that wouldn't join them as house N-words. Okay, so it's essentially like race trading. Yeah, and if you're unfamiliar with the term house N-words, it refers to the slaves that were allowed to work in the house as opposed to the field because they were nicer to the white folks, and there's a kind of a frustrating divide, even to this day, of people who believe other people to be essentially race traders. And a lot of the that like weird history has to do with rape where Yeah, because you'd be light skinned, which meant that you had were a product of rape. Yeah. Yeah. Um or in some cases women who were brought into the house to be raped. Yep. So it's very frustrating to have somebody just be like, You're a house person as opposed as to if understanding it's like the complex relationship. Yeah. It's also, I mean, I'm not probably the one that should explain it fully, but the way that it's been explained to me a couple times is that now it's used, and in, in modern times like this, this is in the 90s, it's more of used as like a term to be like, uh, you're not black. Yes. It's it's like you're 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 not one of us you don't understand the struggle blah blah blah, blah right blah. not yeah. blah 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 but you know what i mean and mind you they're saying this to black people in the south yeah who definitely understand the struggle uh in april 1997 sheriff sills helped an inspector actually gain access to tama ray which is the name of their compound oh okay um so they found violations of fire and building codes that resulted in a forty five thousand dollar fine how many how many people are here between one to 500 wow okay but on 467 acres so to put that into perspective when we talk about the rajneeshis that's a hundred acres for almost twenty thousand people yeah this is a fraction of that on five times as much land yeah it's just but there's giant pyramids exactly so they have way more space to fuck around with but it also looks i'm I'm assuming that all the housing units are in one area so it just looks like a tighter knit thing with more outposts making it more ominous if you look at it yeah i mean the the cool the interesting thing about this one is there there aren't really i mean you know most communes there's a complaint about living conditions mm-hmm. that's not really the case here living conditions were okay except that he would control the rations and he controlled who you got to live with, who you got to be with. If you were married, you only got to sleep with your spouse once every three months in a designated green room that you had what? to reserve ahead of time. Oh, so I have to book Gross. a show and then I, then I fuck in the then green room? Then you fuck in the green room. <laughs> like one of these road dogs? Just underneath a cheese and cracker platter from Ralph's. Oh, 
Uh, no so one gross. gets these jokes except it's, for us. It's okay. Um, so hey, other comedians out there, <laughs> this one's for you. I ordered a case of Diet Coke. Um, so in early Saw my writer. <laughs> In early 1998, an unlicensed nightclub called Ramsey Social Club opened on the compound. All right. Okay. So. There's a social club, but the great, the sexes are like separate all the time, unless specifically allowed by right. the Right. Uh, for certain people, yeah. Oh. I know it's getting harder, but the thing is, is the more cool shit they build, I kind of like it. Well, I know it's not good. I know it's not good. It's going to take a very left turn. I know I wouldn't even be allowed in right. for either of all. my races uh, or beliefs. And then I know that they do some bad shit. They're going to do even worse shit. But. Rut row. Pyramids and nightclubs. Oh, that's so cool. It's basically just Las Vegas, dude. Yeah. Go to Las Vegas. Anyway, uh, the sheriff found out about it, so he brought the state and county officials to the club, found numerous violations, and shut the club down. They literally padlocked it closed so they couldn't get in. (laughs) What? That sounds like the easiest thing to sidestep. I, I don't know. I mean, apparently it just sat empty. Uh, in 1999, county officials filed a lawsuit to prevent them from using the property for anything besides residential or agricultural purposes. Um, Dr. York missed a court appearance in June of 1999, and he was cited for contempt of court. Uh, when he appeared a week later to answer the contempt charge, he brought 500 new Obians and packed the courtroom and surrounded the courthouse, and he went free. First off, talk about a bringer show, but secondly... Um, he, can you, I know that they're doing it as a reason to get him there and it's not that they're actually, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. one of the, like they brought down, uh, Al Capone with like fucking tax charges. Like I get that, but can you actually hold somebody in contempt of court for missing? Cause I've, I've missed court. It's a, it's called a failure to appear charge. Okay. Yeah. They just put out a warrant for my arrest. Well, like a bench warrant. Yeah. That's the coolest I've ever sounded. I I am familiar with these warrants. Yeah, I was driving down the street, windows open, blaring hip-hop music, playing with my chain, going, if the cops catch me, I'm going to jail. Anyway, you probably just have to pay a fine. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. (laughs) I paid it online, too. Yeah, yeah. Gangster nerd. Yeah, I went. That's the thing is that... Quick side. Okay. I was in... The way I found out is that me and my mom had taken a trip to Arizona where there's hell of Border Patrol checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And so we were taking turns driving. And so because my mom is white, every time that we got stopped, they just saw a white woman and went, nah, it's fine. And then let me through with no problem. What we found out is that if they would have run my license, it would have been expired and it would have showed that I had a warrant out for my arrest in California, which in Arizona, they can just stop you for being brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have been, especially with how close we were to the fucking border, it would yeah. have been insane. And we didn't find out until we got back. And then we just fucking, oh, God, the realization that if one of those idiots would have run my fucking license, I would have been fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the group's disputes with the county made headlines. Shook. I am <laughs> shook. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. But what most people didn't know is that the sheriff had been notified by a couple former members 
that there have been allegations of child molestation. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, everybody, pack it up. Fun time's over. We're getting into real fucked up territory. So for years, and like three, four years, um, mostly in Georgia, there's not as many records of this happening in New York. It's mostly Georgia, but I think that's just because people were looking out for it. Any records? Um, so there were rumors swirling around the county that teenage girls from the group were giving birth in all the area hospitals, but refusing to name their baby's fathers on the birth certificates. And they were 11, 12, 13 year old girls. He had already gone to jail once, once for, mm-hmm. with Remember a 13 year old girl. Come back around? Yeah. So fun. Not surprised. Yeah. It's a creep. So, um, one a lawyer from uh that was representing one of the former members um he told the local paper that he'd been warned that he missed dr york was having sex with 11 12 and 13 year old girls Mm. and in some cases impregnating them uh the child molestation charges made no mention of pregnancies because they couldn't physically prove it and girls refused to do dna testing in many of the cases that's so upsetting right um, so with that information, they needed to find a way to get into the compound and to arrest, um, Dr. York. <clears throat> so he's uh, not a real doctor though, is he? Oh, no, 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 no. That's just the easiest of his names. Yeah. He didn't earn the name doctor, like, like prestigious doctors, like Dr. Phil or Dr. Dre <laughs> or Sir Dr. Pepper. <laughs> So, smirching the good name of doctors. Um, in 1998, a local medical professional came to the sheriff and told him that he had seen multiple adolescent girls giving birth on the Tamaray um, compound, where they would ha- call doctors in to basically help them, or midwives in that case. Um, others in a hospital in nearby Milledville reported that uh, men sometimes brought in laboring girls, forbade them to speak or accept paid medication, and then vanished with both the child and the placenta after birth. The reports were made anonymously. Medical staff members were terrified to tell anybody anything about it. Hold on, wait. What did they take it in? Their hands? They brought Tupperware? (laughs) I won't want this later. Hmm. Right. They make great smoothies. Oh, shut up. So in 2001... Uh, the sheriff got a call from a man who identified himself as Jacob York and a strange son of the leader. Um, Jacob had followed his father into the music business and built a career as a self-identified entertainment industry executive where he, quote-unquote, managed acts like Lil' Kim and founded a label at Atlantic with pr- producer Lance Rivera. That's not really important. No, but they, so he, this is 2001? 2001. So 2001 he was representing Lil' Kim. He didn't represent biggie because he was still on puffy's label so i can tell you from what i know about hip-hop that his career did not go well right um so uh the sheriff arranged a face face face-to-face meeting at the fbi office in atlanta and jacob explained that he'd left the new Obians in 1990 before they relocated to georgia his father had long been using the group as his personal harem according to him Uh, He said he would rape young women for decades, and sometimes he would abuse multiple generations in the same family. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, When asked where they were, he Uh, said... That had to include some of his own children at some point. Yeah, at that point, it's incest, for sure. 
Um, Jacob also said that he had one surviving member in the car ready to testify basically that day. So he brought... You fucking leave him in the car? Well, I mean, he I mean, they brought her in. Oh, I mean, okay. She was an adult at that point. And they left the windows down. Yeah, and the AC was on. For so. sure, for sure. This is horrible. I just need to make jokes, man. So, uh, since Dr. York had planted a lot of his members in neighboring hospitals, courts, and police departments, uh, no one was able to basically tell anybody the raid had to be completely secret. So... They spent the next year tracking down and interviewing as many people as they could between Atlanta and New York. One 14-year-old girl they spoke to uh, escaped Tamaray with her family. Uh, she said Dr. York began molesting her when she was seven. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, so with the information from the insiders, investigators had kind of a clearer picture of what life was like inside. Um, Dr. York had moved off the property most of the time, uh, he moved out to a mansion in Athens, Georgia, and he was occur- encouraging Nuwabians to settle elsewhere and then just return to Tom Array on special occasions. How did they make their money? Um, we'll get to it. During his visits, uh, according to several women the investigators interviewed, he stayed in the main house, the only one equipped with air conditioning, which right now... Feeling the pain. Yeah, but this is Georgia, this is Georgia heat. This I is know. a whole other Humidous monster. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was a grand building with painted molding, a marble floor, and a throne. And from there, he and his inner circle managed every aspect of life in the settlement, all the way down to the rations of food that people got. And he's saying he didn't like rap music? Because I feel like there's some overlap. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, if he was angry, he would just deny requests for food or doctor's visits. He would control who got married, how often they saw each other. He kept a scrapbook of their names and photographs. Witnesses also described that, uh, he, the witnesses also described his predatory methods. Um, he, hold on, uh, when certain boys or girls caught his eye, he would groom them showering them with sweets and gifts he brought them into his bedroom and he would have older women instruct them using toys like a stuffed pink panther complete with a plush penis and then eventually he raped them they did find that pink panther toy in the raid so it exists fuck yeah with a giant penis on it was it it was custom made or was it i think it must have been because i don't know where else you could buy just a pink panther with a dick on it thailand I mean, maybe. Probably. <laughs> Who knows? It's so hard to make jokes knowing the very next sentence is going to be the worst thing you've ever heard. I know. Um, I'm sorry. So the FBI began planning for a raid. Um, for three months in the spring of 2002, the government prepared in absolute secrecy. They kept 24-hour surveillance on the property. They gathered a staff of about 300 people, including about 80 SWAT. So they made quiet arrangements because the FBI was still gun-shy after Waco. So this is about eight years after Waco and only like five years after Heaven's Gate. So everyone is freaking out because they're just worried that it'll be a hail of gunfire and regular fire and just badness. But on the morning of May 8th, 2002, the gates of Tomaray opened and a black Lincoln Navigator crunched out to the road, headed south. So everyone who was keeping 24-hour surveillance on them saw the car. Helicopters tracked it. Unmarked vehicles followed behind it. And the car parked in front of a Kmart 
Dr. York and his driver, Miss Johnson, who was considered a senior wife, climbed out and they were in FBI custody. As soon as they were in custody, the rest of the FBI and SWAT teams moved in. The guards at the like front of the gate were so stunned that they forgot to fire on people. So no one got hurt. That's great. Not a single pe- person got hurt or needed medical attention, except for Sheriff Sills, who got a little dehydrated. <laughs> like, that was it. That's how Georgia heat, though. It was, yeah. But it's one of, it's considered a flawless raid, because oh. no one got hurt. Man, I just need a, can somebody get me a Georgia peach? And they said the whole thing was over in less than 30 minutes. That's impressive. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Get some of that sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, give me some peach cobbler. I, all I know is that they have peaches. That's all I know. Midnight trains and peaches. That's all I know. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, Georgia. Georgia. He was charged with 74 counts of child molestation. Fuck. 29 that... counts of aggravated child molestation. One count of rape. Four counts of statutory rape. <clears throat> Five counts of enticing a child for indecent purposes, two counts of sexual exploitation of a minor, and one count of influencing a witness. His main wife, Miss Johnson, is charged with four counts of child molestation and one count of aggravated child molestation. Also indicted were three other Nuwabian women. Chandra Lampkin and Kajda Merritt were each charged with three counts of child molestation and two counts of aggravated child molestation. Were they themselves molested by him, though? Probably at one point, yeah. The one thing that we know about big counts like these is that you you go for what you can prove. This is crazy to me because Chappelle called Cosby the Allen Iverson of rape, Uh and this is just out of control. Like, these numbers are insane. Yeah, this guy's definitely like the Jordan of rape. Additionally, Esther Cole was charged with one count of child molestation. Um, It's suspected that the number is in the hundreds as opposed to the 74 they were able to prove. That's insane. Mm -hmm. That's so much rape. Yeah, yeah. One dude damaged so many children's lives. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Yep. There are also counts that specify that he would transport minors either from New York to Georgia in March and April of 1993, or two other counts that involved trips from Georgia to Orlando, Florida in 1996. Allegedly, he made about 20 trips to Disney World in the last four years where he took children. Like, took them from Disneyland, or he took children with him? Like, he kidnapped children from Disneyland? It doesn't specify, but I suspect he took them from Disneyland. But there's no kidnapping charges. So maybe he just took them as, like, a guest? I don't know. So uh, the Oxford American, one of the sources I cited at the beginning, actually has a very interesting article that chronicles essentially the disappearance of a teenage girl into this cult. And she was found later about 59 pounds or something crazy. She was super thin and had given birth to at least two children. Yeah. You can't, you... I mean, how was she alive? Yeah, you can't be that thin and... I don't know. I know um, we had, like, not to, like, go too deep into it. My boyfriend's mother was very sick at one point, and she got down to 83 pounds. Jesus. So... That's still crazy. But, you, but you're not 83 pounds giving birth at least two times. Right. Well, it, it, it doesn't... We don't know that that's 
the weight she was the whole time, but yeah. she was so underweight that she needed to recoup for quite a long time. I know it this destroys might... your or It's so bad for yeah. you. Yeah. I know this might be like a controversial opinion. Maybe I'm not supposed to say it, but this guy is a fucking terrible human being. <laughs> Yeah, no, he is... That's uh, right, I'm fucking saying it. Horrific, horrific human being. Real terrible. Here's the other thing. Um, Once he was convicted, he was also convicted on RICO charges as well. So he's serving a 135-year sentence. Okay. He will never leave prison, basically. Thank the Jesus. Uh, They seized the compound... Jesus. Sorry. I was... I'm sorry. They seized the compound as part of an assets forfeiture mm-hmm. in the amount of $1.7 million. And Sheriff Sills got to drive the first bulldozer through the gates. Fuck they yeah. They tore the whole thing down. Fuck yeah. I hope part of the court order was making him watch. <laughs> oh, you think this is a cool fucking sphinx? Fuck your sphinx, dog! <laughs> um, there are still some outposts. There are still believers. In fact... On that Jay-Z video that we watched, the first comment on YouTube is just free Dr. York, and it has seven upvotes. What even are his beliefs, though? Like, none of this makes any sense. It doesn't. It's, I mean, he he goes back and forth between the basic tenets of the African Hebrew Israelites, that Africans are descended from the Israelites, and therefore the chosen people and white people are devils. That's a pretty standard one. But he also goes into, like, uh, black Islamic. A little bit of black Islamic, but then also later on, he started telling people that he was from the planet R-I-Z-Q, Rizk, and that they were black aliens. Rizk? Rizk, R-I-Z-Q. Okay. And which is basically like a history channel, ancient aliens version, which is why he was super into Egyptology. He basically believes that his people came down and influenced the Egyptians he also at one point claimed that they were a sovereign nation and therefore Native Americans and therefore could not be tried in court. He tried that under one of his appeals. Um, he also tried to do that so he could open a casino on their land and was denied. Hey. So he believes whatever is convenient to him. So it's really frustrating to see people like hardcore defend the dude because he clearly like he's an opportunist he's an opportunist and he hurts so many people but there are people that have tons of conspiracy theories like there are people that believe the raid never happened and that he escaped even though like he's in prison he has like a prisoner number you can look up what prison he's at um there are people that believe that his son was the one that did all the raping and that he should be in prison instead uh there are people that believe that all of this was made up by the government to bring a black man down. Like, there's so many on the internet. And none of them even closely address, A, his actual beliefs, or B, the truth. There's a lot of things that they were able to prove. Like, they proved Rico. Like, that's fucking hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard. Also, so, because that means that you were making funds ARA is basically the best example of Rico. The thing your end goal is an illegal activity and the way you fund that end goal is through illegal activity. That is the most simple explanation of it. So to prove it, you got to prove several other crimes. Yeah. And then slap that on top of it. And sometimes they don't even slap it on top of it because again, you can only pr- like it's 
having it thrown that's a whole other court thing you yeah. know because then you have to be like it's not just one big hearing it's like okay here's this count this count this count this count and also after all of this here's the count for rico yeah so you have to keep it's just i don't know it's insane every time you get it it's like wow that's crazy yeah very few people have ever successfully been convicted of rico rico um, so Rico plus 74 counts of regular child molestation, 29 of aggravated, and then everything else I listed earlier. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. Fuck this guy. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing, their bookstore, most of their bookstores are called the Eye of Egypt, but it's E-G-I-P-T. It's spelled a little different. Um, so one of their stores still exists in Brooklyn. So you can still actually see it. So the Wait, article, what's it called again? Egypt. Eye of Egypt. Eye of Egypt. I think I've been there. Did they let you inside? Probably not, right? No, there's like this weird... It's in Bushwick. <clears throat> there might have been like a second part. So there, it's big because they've got. They've still oh, got then a that's not the place there. I'm thinking of. Okay, it's not that place. So they've got a meeting hall and a bookstore. So the original post that was in the Facebook group from Messy Nessie Chic, uh, they went into the Brooklyn Outpost, and they were able to actually take pictures, pictures of all of their stuff, their plans to build a new like a compound, all kinds of shit. It's actually really interesting. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's almost kind of like if somebody made a medieval times about Egyptian shit. That's kind of what it looks like. That's crazy. Yeah. Except which, am I supposed to cheer for one side or the other? Also, did you guys know that they have fucking the, the Dolly Parton medieval times bullshit? Wait, what? What? The Dolly Parton, I forget what it is, but it's basically medieval times, but it's like wild, wild, or it's like, I forget what it is. It's essentially- It's like Dollywood. It's the Bucking Bronco one? No. It's also a pirate one. It's not the pirate one. It's the one where you sit on a side and then instead of reds and blues, it's north and south. What? Yeah. No, I was not aware of that. Is it basically just a reenactment? Yeah, Ooh. but here's the thing. Sometimes the South winds. Yeah. Ooh. Actually, I don't know if it ever does. But what the fuck, man? Come on. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Can we please stop reenacting the Civil War? Like we know what happens. We have books. Let's cut it out. Well, I mean, it's kind of important. It's just you got to get into it for the right reasons. Like if right. you're into it for like the historical accuracies, fine. But if you showed up in a southern confederate uniform and then we go oh you're here for the reenactment and you go reenactment <laughs> oh yeah i guess that's kind of a freebie then fuck you all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah fuck this dude yeah for real fuck Actually, that guy. don't fuck this dude let this guy never get fucked again well well hopefully it's anyways i'll stop oh no rape is good rape yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't like him. He's a bad person. No, I don't like him either. Here's the thing. Fucking, oh, what's this? It's a ticket. Here you go. Here you go. Because we're taking a flight into the speculation zone. I think... I agree no rape is good rape. Oh, yeah. No, That's you're right. I know you're right. If we're about to dive into that, I'm like, we That's don't That's not what we're to. diving into. No, we can't even cut that out. I think... I think that 
his like doctrine was probably along the lines of stuff going along at the same time, which was that black is beautiful, black is great, great, which is a good message, but the thing is you put black supremacy on it. So then it's it's you're following stuff of like the similar thought process of the white supremacy movement and that we're a sovereign citizen movement. We don't believe in the government. We don't believe that we should have these regulations for stuff. And also um, you kind of create a system where you are allowing people that give you the commandments from essentially when you attach religion to anything from God, you're allowing the person who speaks to God to tell you what is and isn't right and you're once you especially have different generations in the mix you're just fucking you're muddying and you're making so we don't need to know what his fucking thing is because i think he just spits out whatever is he, he the says best whatever's thing. convenient yeah i he, think he, he just tells people whatever they need to hear to get what he wants yeah and it's like that that thing um we've gone over cults like this where you don't necessarily agree with the other stuff like you go oh yeah that alien shit that's batshit crazy but this other thing that he says makes a lot of sense, so I think that we ignore the alien shit and we just focus on stuff that makes sense. How many drugs do you think he was on? Do you think uh, he was on, like, cocaine? Um, or I like, didn't find any records of that, believe it or not. So I assume if he, was, if he was going to do anything, it'd probably be coke or weed just because of the times and the people, yeah. uh, like, the, like the music industry that he was in. Right. Yeah. But... Who knows? He could have been on nothing. It doesn't matter. He's just... It, it seems like it's down insane, in his core, he's a insane. fucking bad person. Yeah. I mean, he... he seems like he is. That's to, he's not um, a good person. Yeah. He was subjected to some psychological testing in prison, and they basically were like, schizotypic narcissism. <laughs> like, this yeah. is real bad. Jay-Z stabbed a guy. I know. I just want everyone to remember... And made a music video that glorified this dude. So yeah, well, he looked he looked a lot like he didn't want to be. There. <laughs> he looks very uncomfortable. I, I do want to say, if you guys have a chance to watch that video, please do because the song is fucking dope. But also, yeah, uh, because you'll get to see a bunch of very militant African Hebrew Israelites or African Muslims. Uh, in a video surrounding Jay-Z, who is wearing many polo shirts. He looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> He's so uncomfortable. He, everyone else is in, like, like fez hats yeah. with, like, the onk and, you know, jackets that have the flag on the back. And he's just there in a polo shirt and khakis being like, why did we... Ch- I, did I miss the memo? Why He just I'm looks not- like... He looks like the guy that, I like, got called rap. in last minute and he was yeah. like, I'm not even supposed to be here. He's not even wearing the colors. No. Which I think is my favorite. Also, for those of you rap fans out there, I don't know how many of you there are, but uh, I'd explain to these guys that it takes... Uh, it takes place, basically... Two years before he linked up with Biggie, which is in and of itself just an amazing story. Um, and then also uh, about five years before he stabbed a guy. <laughs> Never forget. We didn't. You've said it like four times in this show. I know, but before that, no one knew. <laughs> you want to know what's weird is the way that I found out that fact is through Andy Dick. Um, yeah. So if you want to hear more of me shouting about crazy videos I found on YouTube, you can follow me on Instagram at Rampage Wesley or on Twitter at Page Wesley. Followed. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) implying that I didn't already. Uh, (laughs) If you want to hear me accuse Jay-Z of stabbing more people, uh, (laughs) follow me (laughs) on all of the social medias at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O 
does stuff. All one word. If you want to follow me on some things, you can follow me on the Instagrams and the Twitters at Sundress Comic, or you can listen to my podcast, Andrea Loves Everybody, and follow all that stuff at Andrea Loves Everybody. If you want to follow our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Cult Podcast. If you want to follow us all up on them Twitters, you can do it at Cult Podcast Show. If you want to send us an email, you can email us at cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. I don't know this part. Oh, if you want to send us uh, one of those cool hats they were wearing. Send me a Jay-Z album. Send us a Jay-Z album. One of the good ones, not one of these new shits. I I don't mind the new shit. Really? Anyway, yeah. I'm a big fan of pre-stabbing Jay-Z. Never pre-stabbing Jay-Z is pretty solid. The Jay-Z we listened to today was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Jay-Z's used to be really good. Um, yeah, you can send those to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, Like, like the Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And what do we say about this one? Don't drink, don't drink from the Nile. Ooh, hey. that's pretty good. Ooh. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.